This episode of Sewing Out Loud is brought to you by Copper Compression. If you've been doing extra sewing or housework, your hands might need some extra support. Visit coppercompression.com and use code SEWINGOUTLOUD to receive 30% off your first order. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm ZD Donahue. And we are going to talk about muslins today. We spoke about muslins on an episode from I think 2018 or 2017. Which is so long ago. How many episodes are we on? Do you have I any don't idea? Know. It's at least 52 a year for four years. So we're on like 200 something, you know, because we published, we've published every week. Yes, we have. For, since yes, January we have. of 2016. Yes. So, and we all have only done one rebroadcast. Did you know that? Right, and that was not because we didn't have an episode. It was because of technical difficulties. It was some kind of weird technical thing. Like we couldn't upload it. It was our... But also, it was because I just had a baby, so we, like, had an excuse. And when I say just had a baby, I mean, like, just had a baby. So (laughs) Even though we had the episode, like, ready... There was some other There was some sort of technical problem about um, uploading it to the service. Yes, yes. So, anyway, um, we're very proud of that. Uh, but we, we defined what a muslin was in relation to a sloper and a moulage. Well, we defined the difference. Yes. Yes. It, so that's what I mean when I say right. in relation to. So we did like a little vocab thing, but we didn't, we don't think we've ever really talked about like our process, our personal process of making muslins or like recommendations about that. Uh, just a dedicated episode. So here we go. Well. We got a question in the group that kind of sparked this for me because someone said, well, what do you do to make a muslin for your knit garments? Right. Okay. So this just, we'll get, we'll get back to that in particular, but this brings us to just the fundamental, you know, thing about muslins is that your 
if we define a muslin as a test garment, mm-hmm. okay, some people right. also use the word toal, and then autocorrect corrects it to toilet, which is funny. Um, <laughs> so spell toile for them. T-O-I-L-E. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these words refer to historically inexpensive fabrics. Well, and muslin mm-hmm. was the inexpensive woven fabric. Yes. The most original inexpensive woven fabric. Yes. And you know, it wasn't over it wasn't um bleached. Yeah. You know, it it was it had um faults in it and things. It wasn't like the perfect no, min- minimal processing, right. which there is you why go. it was Good cheap. Word. Okay. Good word. Yeah. So it's a it's a cheap fabric. Right. And before, you know, the advent of, you know, widespread knit fabrics most clothes were all made out of wovens, okay, unless they were hand-knitted, okay? Right. So, so first of all, these terms come from that time when muslin was used to make a test garment. So right. they call it a, a muslin. muslin, okay? Before you cut into your linen, your silk, your whatever. Right, your and, expensive fabric. Uh, most fabrics, compared to today, had a very similar hand. They were non-stretchy. Right. Um, of course, some fabrics were thicker, and you had things like brocades and velvets right. and silks and satins that were, you know, of a different But hand. out of the muslin, you certainly got the shape of the garment yeah. or where the pleat was going to, you know, lay or the dart was going to lay. Yes. Um, again, as we have always said, every time you change your fabric, you're actually changing the garment. So in order to make an accurate test garment of whatever you're doing, no matter what it is, okay, trousers, swimsuit, I don't care what it is, okay, the fabric you use for your test garment must be similar to the fabric you use for your Final right. garment. Similar in weight, similar in weave, similar in hand. Everything. Right. Okay, got to be real Color close. doesn't have to be the same. Okay, yeah, the one thing. Right. Okay, so why this happens, I just I just want to bring this up, is it, it could be that you make it out of the same fabric if you're okay with the cost. Right. Okay, so you made my mother-in-law's wedding dress. Yes. Okay. And actually, I think maybe you did use some muslin. I did use muslin you for her dress. You used actual muslin to make a muslin. Well, because I was making everything sort of at once. Right. I was making her sloper and the pattern and the muslin. Everything. Like at one time. Right. So but her fabric, really, the final fabric we used for her dress was like not very expensive. It was this polyester crepe. Mm-hmm. I think it was four to seven dollars a yard. Right. And we could have ordered enough of that. We could have ordered enough, you're right. To make a test mm-hmm. garment. So if you find your perfect fabric and you say, Okay, I this is what I'm going to use. Right. Then you can use that as your muslin. There's and, nothing and against that. And sometimes you'll hear someone or see someone or you know, they'll say, ooh, this is a wearable muslin, which means they started out with something they thought was going to just be their test garment that maybe they were never going to wear again. But it turned out so well and so nice that, yes, they can wear it. They are happy to wear it publicly. So that's actually kind of a reason to, when you shop the discount areas, if you find a woven that's really inexpensive but say you actually don't like the color of it, like we right. we do. We've got some weird colored stuff over here mm-hmm. that is sort of in our test garment pile. Well, and it's like really with knits too. Yes. You know, buy 
something that's real strange or it says uh some oh yeah you've got that oh in the leggings class some fabrics have like the date on them yeah it'll say like 1998 or something like you know now or... the leggings class you show I, I forgot about this until just now but you show a like hot pink flat uh fabric with like the american flag on it too it's like really oh, yeah. strange and but you're like Look. actually someone gifted that to me be careful well it's it's unique okay <laughs> yes and it may not be something that you and i would personally right. wear however it's really good for muslins or undergarments yes okay yeah. so when you see the sale aisle and you uh you know you've got the funds right. and your sewing budget or whatever that's actually a really good reason to buy something on sale or even if you find uh so that's knit okay or something that you might refer to as ugly fabric and that's when it's funny that it happens to somebody they're like i had this ugly fabric uh-huh. and i made my muslin and look how neat and it turned like out it. Like, yeah. yeah you so, like it when yeah. you made it yeah. when it's made yeah. into something yeah I, i've had that happen before so that's a reason to buy some fabric on sale now you can buy a bolt of muslin too right but nowadays most of the fabric most of the, of the clothes we want to end up wearing actually don't share a lot of characteristics with a bolt of muslin fabric that's correct uh we make our jeans out of stretch denim we make our shirts out of knits or let's say like a rayon chalet Right. Okay, that that has happened a lot in the easy tea. People say, oh, look, I made this out of quilting cotton or I made it out of um, a muslin, you know, right. a, an unbleached muslin. A woven, and they're a, tight a little woven unhappy with the drape. And I was like, you know. Because there is no drape. Because there is no drape. Right. And I say, well, the nature of this top is that it's not very fitted. So a right. lot of the, you know, fit or the look of the top is going to come from the drape. So sometimes you get that upholstered look because it's too stiff. Yeah, you look real boxy. Right. And, and boxy, actually, Heather from now Closet Core Patterns, not Closet Case anymore. They changed their name. Uh, she just posted, like, a little video of her capsule wardrobe. And, man, you know, she's got the boxy top look down. You know, it is what she's wearing. And I thought, I just, I don't think I like that on boxy me. Boxy was very much in... Um, like in the 70s and uh-huh. 80s. Well, and then you had the big shoulder pads and things. Here's the thing. You know, something can be in, okay, or be trending or whatever, and it doesn't mean you always look good in it either. Right. And, you know, boxy tops, sometimes, I've seen people in boxy tops when they weren't on trend, and they look amazing yeah, in them. Yeah, she, she looks real right. nice in uh, some of the, like, in that silhouette. So anyway, um She's enjoying that, but I just wanted to say that it'll if you if you like the boxy look, okay, and if you don't, okay, you got to use a different fabric. Right, it'll change the results. So that's why you buy uh, fabrics on sale sometimes, even if they aren't your quite your cup of tea, because you, they can be helpful in making your muslin. And we have bought we have some orange, yeah, camouflage knit. <laughs> yes. It has spandex in it. It's not something that Zidi and I would wear normally, but it can be helpful. Haven't had to yet, anyway. Yes. Now, sometimes you can feel comfortable enough in your knowledge of a pattern or your knowledge of sewing and your knowledge of your body that you don't feel the need to make a muslin. Right. This can happen, okay? And actually, when you get the right guidance, a lot of the times, you don't necessarily need to make a muslin. So it is not, what do I, you know, we're well, really I encouraging the, yeah, of it and, a lot and, of the time. And the other thing is, is if you have a sloper, 
which uh-huh. is a basic shape of your body. Yeah. And you have a pattern and, you know, you can see how close are they? Do they mimic each other? You know, sometimes you have the knowledge or you have the nerve because the, the nerve. fabric's not the real expensive. <laughs> now, oftentimes when I have made a muslin, it's been a wedding dress. Yeah. Because you don't want to go wrong. Okay. I... And the re- and you want the other thing is it allows the person to try on the shape of the garment to see if they like it. Yeah. Okay. Because I've had that happen. Oh, well, is this going to be like this? And I'm like, well, this is what you wanted originally. Uh-huh. Have you, do you want something different? Mm-hmm. You know, um, the other thing I've done with a muslin is make the muslin up and had to mail it to someone. Yeah. They have tried it on. We have taken a video of someone who, you know, are basically do a face, uh, not a Facebook like, uh, FaceTime. FaceTime, where, you know, I'm saying to the person, and this is why sometimes I like the muslin to be a muslin. Right. I'm saying, okay, put an X where her nipples are. Right. You know, put a this where her this is, or, you know, where, you know, mark on there where the top of her knee is. Yeah. So that's the other thing that's kind of nice about a muslin muslin. Yeah. It can be, like, used, you know, it can be marked on, and then, you know, they would send that back to me, mm-hmm. and then I would make alterations to that. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and let's come back and talk about what you do with that muslin yeah. while you're working with it. Let's take a moment to thank our latest sponsor, Copper Compression, for supporting the podcast. Copper Compression offers a full range of copper-infused wellness products like braces, gloves, and sleeves that provide targeted relief and the support you need through your active recovery. They have the highest copper content on the market guaranteed. Copper-infused fabric is wondrous material. It has antimicrobial and anti-odor properties and boosts circulation. The unique combination of compression and copper gives you the strength to heal. We know how important our hands are. I've been knitting and gardening more while staying at home, which is fun, but my hands were killing me. I started using their half-finger gloves while working on my latest project, and my hands have felt so much better. Copper Compression was recently in the news. They donated their entire stock of 18,000 professionally manufactured masks to New York and New Jersey hospitals. And of course, we have a special offer for our listeners. Go to coppercompression.com slash sewingoutloud30. That's coppercompression.com slash sewingoutloud30. Or use the promo code sewingoutloud, all one word, at checkout for a very generous 30% off on your first order. Thanks, Thanks, Copper Copper Compression. Compression. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. All right, so let's, you know, with your... I, I want to bring up the ginger jeans real quick, and I think I've brought this up before, but I did a class where there were like 10, 12, I think I've taught like 15 people in person how to use the, how to, how to make the ginger jeans. And that pattern's really cool because it includes finished measurements, and no one had to make a muslin. We were able to define which sizes they needed. And then go forward, and we did alter it. Okay, so this is blurring the line between a muslin and a right. final garment. It's like their first garment actually is their muslin. Yes. Now. Okay. So you know, the, the for the sake of this episode, you know, I just wanted to bring that up. Is when you get close enough to the size, it doesn't mean you won't have to alter the pattern, but it still can be a final garment because we did that really awesome step of basting the garment together mm-hmm. to where it could be put on and uh, markings could be made. So we basted so that it could be taken apart and put back together because we were using that final fabric. With your muslin, you sew that muslin together. You leave the same seam allowance as you normally would. Uh, you know, is there anything special you do when you sew well, up I, a muslin? I mean, I do baste it. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, I certainly don't use a 2.5. You use a longer stitch. Yeah, I use a longer yeah. stitch. Um trying to think that you know i have had people do things like put the darts on the outside yeah i don't prefer that method because the darts are some bulk that are going to be in the garment i construct the garment as it would be now if there might be an instance where i'm not going to put a collar on so i will cut away the seam allowance so that i know where that's going to lay something like that so so maybe i won't have a seam allowance Anymore around my neckline. Does ZD, that make sense? Yeah. ZD and I are really not fans of sewing garments inside out and like putting them on like that. Or, okay. You know, or putting them on. Yeah. I just, out. I just did that bridal fitting yeah. and she said to me, do I put this on inside out? And I thought, man, that's it, gotten into well, the civilian population. It's, it's really weird because <laughs> there's a built in corset underneath. Yeah. You know, and I thought, so the corset would be on, on the, the outside. outside. Yeah. Like it's like, you know, it's just, I don't think it's a realistic thing yeah, to do. But that's the other example, thing, and, and you know, I didn't say anything to her, yeah. right? But she has one hip higher than the other. Mm, yeah. Now, I don't know if she knows it or not, but I'm altering it yeah. that way. Right. You know, it wasn't a lot. You know, it was like, she probably doesn't know it. But it's a it's a thing. It was enough. It was like, you know, well, we want her gown to look nice well you know, right and if you've and done fit. it inside out it'd be the other hip you know right. be mirror image so we're not a big fan of that also with the muslin 
Okay, 5 8 inch seam allowance. Let's talk about that real quick. Mm-hmm. If you have a pair of trousers that have a back seam and two side seams and a front seam, that's four places where two 5 8 inch seam allowances come together, right. which is a total of one and three quarters times four, so that's seven inches. That's a total of seven inches Mm -hmm. that could be added to that garment. And if you are seven inches off when choosing a size, you got to start over anyway, okay? (laughs) So sometimes people are like, cut it with a larger seam allowance. I'm like, how much bigger are we going to get here, you know? So they cut it with this bigger seam allowance, then they try it on inside out, and I'm like, we're just all at a weird point. So if you have chosen, and then we talk about a princess seam. Okay, so that's like one, two, three, four, five, six. Depends on how many princess seams well, you're doing. Well, right. There could be right. just, I just right. think around the body, if you've got six panels, right. then you well, have. Well, you'll, you'll actually usually have oh, seven because you have, cause a, you have a, a back seam. Center back seam, you're right. Usually. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Well, that well, makes my Well, it doesn't have to have a, a center back seam, but more than likely it will. <laughs> yes. No, I, okay. I know what if, you're if saying. If the head hole's big enough to get your head through, you can do a yeah. side set zipper. No, you're totally so, right. So, but. The other thing is, is if you're doing a princess seam, I don't know why you wouldn't do a back seam because that gives you shape also. Right. So I don't know why you would negate the shape by not having the center back seam. That's my spiel okay, so, on princess seams. So uh, uh, <laughs> what is seven? So I could do one and three quarters times four, but I can't do seven. That's 12.25 yeah. inches extra. And I'm talking, okay, so even if your body circumference, you know, I know there's differences right. between, you know, 12.25 is a certain percentage of a 32-inch waist and it's a certain percentage of like a 50-inch waist. But still, even at that larger, you know, right. waist size, that's like a lot. You have miscalculated if you need to let out the garment 12 inches, right. okay? <laughs> you know, so I'm just saying uh, that – there really shouldn't be a need to to change the seam allowance if it's at five eighths. I think right. it's an extra step you don't need. Now, is there a need to look at your pattern and blend between sizes? Quite possibly. That's what we did in Ginger Jeans Land. Okay, you're right. this at the waist, you're this at the hips. All right, that's a different story. We're going off body measurements, but yeah, sew that garment like you would normally sew it to make your muslin. Maybe you do basting stitch. Okay, so your default straight stitch is generally at a 2.5 You might not length. put something like a zipper placket in. Okay, there you go. You might just have a seam there. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and then you have to decide how to do that seam. Yeah. Like, are you just going to baste a zipper in there? Mm-hmm. Or, you, you know, you can pin it. Yeah, we... Uh, um, I've been known not to put the zipper... Now, yeah. sometimes I do put the zipper in. Uh-huh. Okay, but I've been known not to put the zipper in. I have my seam allowance marked, and I just pin along there. Okay, I wanted to bring that up, right. uh, marking that seam allowance. Right. Okay, so if you don't, let's look at the back seam of a shift dress right. or a sheath dress, excuse me, and, and you've got that seam allowance marked so you can pin it up. Right. Same with the ginger jeans. It's a little funny because you don't sew the fly in. Right. And so you have this funny thing in the front and you got to just overlap you love a flap make your uh, center fronts meet you know uh so but it is it's always a little funny and i'm like if that looks a little weird just don't worry about it right now (laughs) another thing that's that you need to consider with um any type of muslin is especially if it's it's like a jacket or a a shirt or a dress any sort of top with a sleeve are are your sleeves going to be you know, are you symmetrical in your sleeves? Like, are your shoulders the same? Because a lot of times I just do one sleeve. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, so like, 
if someone does have a big disparity, make sure to do both. Right. Then but you would make you, sure to do both. If you think that you're pretty symmetrical, right. you could be okay on one sleeve on a jacket right. or something. Right. Now, this doesn't apply to trousers. You have to do both legs, the trousers. Right. <laughs> Although I have had people actually yeah. take two size trousers when they've had someone uh-huh. who has, you know, some sort of bizarre adjustment that's mm-hmm. over like an inch or a half yeah. inch or you know like um i knew someone that used to sew for their stepfather and he had had polio so he had a leg Two different that was legs, absolutely yeah. like the, his hip his leg and everything were a different size yeah. on one side and you'd think oh well make him the same and just like you know make that look kind of beefed up on the right. side but he wanted it to fit yeah. it fit better and fit him better so she um, she did not know how to draft, and she started out with two different size patterns, and it worked. Well, what I right. what I meant was some I have seen some people try. I mean, to she make had them. to adjust, right. you know, on both of them to make like the center seam work. Yeah, I have seen right. some people be like, "I'm only going to make one leg and hold it up right. to myself," and I'm like, "Yeah, I wouldn't do that." It just doesn't work because you need to know what kind of ease you have across your yeah, back and across, across your, your belly, you know, everything like that. Right. Okay, this is something. Now I want to shift to that um, face. Facebook question about knits a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I can't remember if the person said the garment they were making or something like that. But if I'm going to muslin out right. a T-shirt or I'm trying to think of things. I've made muslins for swimsuits actually more than for other knit garments for myself. Because I just personally, like closer fitting and I wanted to know I was getting the, uh, the fit I wanted. And... Okay, I don't know if this is the right way to do it, but I just, like, make it. You know, right. I, I use the serger, okay, because with a knit, it is so much more forgiving that I should really be able to, you know, kind of get real, get pretty close, okay? And that test garment is different from a woven test garment i will yes. construct it on the serger you can't baste it together with a straight stitch that's not gonna work you okay can baste it with a zigzag you could baste it with a zigzag for sure but the way i feel about it is i'm just gonna make this and if it doesn't work out i'll cut it up into little things for my kid or i'll cut it into the neck bindings if it's like really off well okay? the other thing i think about a swimming suit is the fact that you know you're obviously using something that's probably spandex yeah is there is more leeway Mm -hmm. that's why when you sometimes buy a knit garment it'll say a size 14 16 or a size large medium small yeah you know because you know there is room for stretch and ease and error or whatever you want to call it allowance And, and i feel like i need to construct like the whole garment to get an idea of how it's going to work on me when I'm moving sometimes. So I just got to do the whole thing, yeah. you know. Well, and yeah, you know, my green jungly swimming yes, suit, that's yes. a muslin. That was a muslin. That was a muslin, yeah. yeah. So you got it. So that's why, so I'm saying sometimes I don't feel the need to make muslin. And then sometimes I want to make up the whole garment and see if it works in its entirety. That okay? And I wanted to know how the zipper was going yep. to work. All these things I wanted to know how they were going to work and it just so happened it worked okay and sometimes yep. it doesn't okay right. and then i have i have a garment i mean i hate to say this but like sometimes i've made myself a a, a knit muslin and it just gets then shredded up into other things you know it it just does not what's that half a pair of pants laying over there 
know. There's a one leg of a pant over there. Is there another one someplace? I don't know what you're talking about. See that black and... Oh, that's you. I don't... Or I don't know. Was that it's yours? not me. That, no, okay. I don't know. Maybe it's going to get shredded up into the... <laughs> I'm like, here's a pant leg. Okay. We'll, we'll find out. Okay. So that does happen sometimes with my knits. But let's talk a little bit. When you have a muslin, uh, you will make markings on it, hopefully. That's, yes. That's like what you're supposed to be doing. I mean, that's part of like the whole okay. idea is you can use it sort of like a chalkboard. You yeah. Know, like, and when you say markings, generally I'm doing them with a pencil or a pen or a Sharpie. You know, like an ink pen. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing it with something that is permanent. Or you are safety pinning. Safety pinning. Lots of safety pinning. Um, Love safety pins. And uh, I'm sure we've mentioned this before. I will mention it again. Uh, we mark alterations with safety pins and not straight pins because they stay. Right. Okay. And also, when you're removing the garment, when the person is, you know, taking it off, they don't fall out and they don't stick. The, yeah, or, they, it, they don't no, stick it's the, the person. Way to do it. Right, it's the way to do it. Now, here's one thing about that because you know this happened to me. I pulled out my pins the other day, and so many of them were dull. Please remember, oh my like, gosh, just, yeah. throw just throw it away. Just throw get, it away. Get rid of them. Yep. Yeah, because they will. Yeah. Be a Sometimes when they get old, they just get dull too because yeah. they're, you know, I don't know. Well, they've been through corroded or whatever, or, right? Yeah, whatever. Uh, so you you can then make alterations to your muslin and try it on again, right. you know, and that can get you, you know, what you need. And then you make those alterations to the pattern. Well, I was gonna say, yeah, and good. this is something where you've got to decide what you're going to do. Um, with transferring your markings, are you going to trace your pattern and transfer new markings onto the traced, you know, are you going to do them onto the original pattern? It's nice to have both, I believe. Yeah. Um, that way, if I do go to altering the pattern, I do know what I have done to change it. Yeah. So in Ginger, you know, in Ginger Jean's class, we'd often be taking up that back seam a little bit. And so we would pin it. We would mark it on our pattern. We would cut it off mm -hmm. the garment, and we would continue right. to make the garment. And with what Mallory yeah. just said, we cut it off. So before you start cutting, mm -hmm. you need to make sure you have marked those alterations onto the paper pattern right. someplace. Because if you um, cut and then sew, and then you're like, well, wait, what? where what was I the do? original yeah. seam line? Where was the original cut? So right. you need to take that into account before you cut away. Be careful when you cut away. Yeah. You know, I have seen people get anxious and cut away right away. Yeah. Or cut away maybe before they try it on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't want to cut away before you try it on. Yeah. Because... Maybe it's a little too tight, or maybe it's not how you want so it, or maybe you didn't take it in exactly right. So don't cut away. My practice is, especially if it's on myself, is not to cut away until I try that so on again. So based that alteration in, right. try it on one more time. Now, if it's something where you're taking the seam in two inches, you may have to cut it just to be able to visualize your fit. Well, right. But if I don't have to, cut, and yeah. I will do that same thing when I'm altering clothes for people. Mm -hmm. If I'm taking up the back seam of a pair of pants or something, I will try not to cut away the alteration or the allowance. I will try to leave it there. If it is not a problem with bulk, I will leave it there. Well, and that's, okay, so we're always leaving seam allowance. Right. No matter what. So when, when we say cut away, we say we mean 
cut five eighths of an inch away from your seam right. line. You We're know. saying when if you take it in, then you have an extra seam yeah. allowance there. If I'm altering a pair of pants and I don't have to cut that away or the side of a dress, say, uh-huh. and I do not have to cut it away, I don't. Leave it if you can. Yeah. Yes, because especially if you haven't fitted yeah. again. Yeah. Yes. Now, this might not apply for when you are, you know, doing like a surged seam or something right. like that. But once again, you can base that in with a zigzag if you want to. Uh, okay. So, yeah, always make sure to keep that at least the seam allowance and leave it. Leave it if you can. You see this on men's trousers. There's a big seam allowance left there. They're made to be altered. They're made to be altered. So what they do is they put on the waistband without the back seam being sewn. Uh Uh-huh. And then they sew up the entire back seam and through the waistband. That is because they expect an alteration. That's right. And sometimes, like, that's just sewn up with a chain stitch. And you're supposed to re-sew it. It de- right. Depending on the manufacturer, I've had people be like, "My my crotch seems split." And I was like, "Oh, this was supposed to be resewn before." Was <laughs> so it's almost like they're selling you a muslin, like you know. <laughs> yeah, and and those pockets that are sewn shut, you're supposed to you're supposed to open those, open those, yeah, and open the vents on yes. your on yes. your jackets yes. and everything. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's so muslins are. It's a very amorphous term nowadays, but if you really are, let's pretend you got some. I Like I said, I don't often feel the need to make them for my knit garments because I feel like I can kind of nail it. Made a few for swimsuits. Um, but if you do have that knit garment that's just ex- – or that knit fabric that's extremely precious, I would say that's my – that's when I would make a muslin these days. I think a good muslin sometimes um, for, like, underpants or swimsuit bottoms is an old T-shirt. Well, you know, if I just if bottoms. I if I just want to get the shape, I'm yeah. talking about the shape and where it's going to come. That now it can't be worn out, you know. There, but that's I've used that over and over again. Yeah, I I just sometimes I don't think the t-shirt fabric has enough stretch. Well, it depends on the t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying take a t-shirt that doesn't stretch at all. Like right, fabric. I guess when I think about an old an old t-shirt, that's not. That's oh, like, you're no. thinking of like a logo t-shirt. Yes, no, yes. that's not exactly what I meant. But. So, but be well. Also, although I've seen underpants made out of old yes, t-shirts, but be careful because a lot of people. Okay, on that post, she said, "What do you use for a for a uh, muslin for your knit?" And people are like, "Oh, old, you know, jersey sheets." Yeah. And no, you can't go with that simplistic of an answer. Well, and all jersey sheets are different. That's right. And the knit garments you want to make are different. Mm-hmm. So no, you can't. You can't make that, you know, broad generalization, but that is where we like we got a bunch of that swim lining on sale. Mm-hmm. And we have used that. It's like very valid fabric for swim lining. Right. But also it was enough well, of it. It was because in it wasn't swim, it wasn't really lining on sale. It was fabric. It just happens to be the color that we wanted for right. lining. Oh no, I'm talking about the purple. The, it was labeled a swim lining. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that purple. Oh, stuff. really? I use that for the outside. No, me all too. The time. I know, I know, but. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that was li- I didn't know yeah, that was it lining. Was, it was oh. sold as I thought you were talking lining. about. We have also like a taupey lining, and yeah. then we have kind of a rusty brown uh-huh. lining that we use. Um, those are kind of my favorite. Those work what that for some reason those seem to work well on everybody's skin tone and under almost every color. Yeah, it just increases the opacity. Right. The to- the taupey one I just love. No, we have that yeah. that bright bur- purple yeah. and I think we ordered like 10 yards of it because it was so inexpensive and it ends up being some stretchy fabric muslins for us right. a lot of the time. So that's very nice. Uh but yeah, that is um 
you know, that's a little bit of an insight into our muslin processes. So if you are starting to get into a certain type of fabric, like you've noticed, oh, there's all these shirts made from ranchily, or there's all these, you know, things that I love that are made out of interlock knit or something like that, and you are somebody who really wants to check fit, then you do need to look for that type of fabric on sale so that you can get some because the fabric characteristics really do need to be made, need to be the same on your muslin. And, you know, I wonder if I, I don't know if I have that as a, we have that as a whole module in the leggings class of how to choose fabric. And like in the easy tea, I I just say, hey, choose a drapey woven. But then people are like, oh, well, I wanted to test it. So I used. Well, and if you're making a (laughs) sloper and, you know, and then you make a muslin out of your sloper, right? Usually you're, you know, pick the, if you can pick the exact fabric, you're in good shape. Because most of the time when I make something that's made to measure like that and I make the test garment, it pretty much fits. Well, yeah, especially yeah. if you have a well-fitting slope right. or something like that. But, uh, you know, just in the case of that wedding dress that we actually made out of really cheap fabric, it would have been really easy to make that out of the exact fabric, you know, since it was so inexpensive. Right. The, so, the, the so there's no rule that says it has to be unwa- unbleached muslin. Okay? I just want to get that across to everybody. Maybe that's, like, the main point of the podcast. I had a bolt of fabric from J.C. Penny because they used to sell fabric, okay? Yeah. And it was marked down to 24 cents a yard because fabric then cost 39 cents a yard. Whoa. It was marked down, and it was kind of a muslin color mm-hmm. and had big turquoise polka dots on it and that was my muslin for a long time yeah so it was just like right. your discount mm-hmm. so that was yeah, my don't muslin. don't let anybody tell you oh you're about to make a silk wedding dress well you you must use muslin you might actually be better off with some kind of polyester silk imitator some sort of drape if, that's if it has similar. a similar drape right. you, i don't know you know right. you may you may find or you know you find that uh the polyester works for the actual garment, and so you just end up buying a bunch of that. Because, yeah, her dress, it did not look like it was made out of $7 a yard fabric. It really was quite impressive that, you know, sometimes the polys, are they have a good drape, and they're very durable, you know. Most wedding dresses nowadays, commercial yeah. wedding dresses, are made out of polyester. Right. Right. Okay. Well, we hope that that helps you a little bit on your muslin journey. Every muslin journey is going to be unique. Okay. Uh, well, I was going to say, and you'll develop your own process. Yeah, because yeah, ours you're, is going to be different than yours. Right. I, and and it's it's taught differently in different places. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, you could. That used to be that you know everybody was very snobbish about how to teach these things you know yeah and i think things have loosened up because technology is different fabrics are different lots of things have changes so your process might be a little bit different than you know somebody else who makes a muslin just as well as you do right right and yeah it is just it's it's going to depend on what you're doing so if your process looks different it doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong and it might be different for every project you do all right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find us uh, on Instagram at SoHereCom. And ZD, take it away. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SoHere.com. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 